Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Owning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17 14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. And the Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. Or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. He did what? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. Um, Disappointedly annoyedly frustratedly i am your host numak joining you for a uh, a post-game talk of the packers falcons game and as always right by my side in this enduring endeavor is my co-host jordan trusky jordan how you doing buddy doing well could be better could be a lot better but uh yeah these are therapy sessions that's what we're here for yeah and i think this will be a heavy therapy session for sure for sure for sure for sure so I, I guess I don't even know how to start. Packers lose 25-24 in a game that they ultimately should have won in what was a pretty solid game for the middle two quarters and was a pretty poor game for the first quarter and fourth quarter. Like, you can call it a tale of two halves, but it doesn't really shake out math ways like that. Um, Jordan Love played fine second and third quarters. The offensive play calling the fourth quarter really, really got... Uh, Kind of stalled the offense. I guess we'll get into that later. But yeah, 25-24 and what was an ugly, ugly game from the defense, I guess. That'll be the main theme today. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, part of the thing, too, is that we're going into a game where the Packers are without Aaron Jones, 
without Christian Watson for the second straight week. And then Sunday morning gave us the news that David Bakhtiari was not going to play. Expectations for me rapidly shifted, and they weren't all that high to begin with. Yeah. But you kind of – if if I look at this score, or if I know that the Packers are dropping 24 um, on in this game, I'm kind of confident of where they're going. I Especially after what we saw with the defense last week. As we'll get into, there are – some recurring issues that have always plagued the Packers defense that uh, reared their ugly head in a big, bad way, especially in the second half. But I thought for the most part, when considering the whole of everything, the Packers did their job in putting up points on the board. It was just, there's a lot of little things that ended up making uh, uh, obviously a loss, but it, it developed into a bigger drop for the Packers in this way. Yeah, I think the biggest thing just was the defense. Like, 25 points shouldn't lose you a game. No. But it just the way it happened. Like, they, they were good early. They had a couple of dropped interceptions that just really, really killed them. The one by Jair, that would have been still a turnover on downs. But then um, there's another one that I can't think of that's Oh, Quay's one over the middle that he dropped. I was right in his hands. Like yep. you hate to go and think about just the mistakes that were made that could have changed the game, but those are two pretty big ones that could have changed the course of the game and stopped some some momentum along the game as like as the game progressed. But yeah, the the main theme and Bill Hewer put it perfectly. Uh Packers have a new quarterback. They have the same old run defense. Like they just Got absolutely gashed late in the game today. Had two, they let up 211 yards on the ground, 124 to Bijan Robinson, uh, 48 to Tyler Algier, and Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter scrambled for almost 40 yards. Like that just can't happen. It just really can't. And yeah, it just it it's not good. <laughs> no, no, it is that it is that good at all. Um, and to add to your missed opportunities, I mean the first drive ends with. Uh, a false start, I believe, on Rasheed Walker, mm-hmm. and then a delay of game on fourth down that forces or bumps the Packers out of field goal range. You could argue whether that is Anders Carlson field goal range, but they didn't go for the field goal. They punted uh, instead of what I think it was would have been a fifty-six or fifty-seven yard field goal. Um, yeah, those things add up. That's that's the problem when you lose by one point, and you, it comes down to just execution or, you know, just the little things. I mean, if you look at the box score, this game would have looked like a blowout in favor of the Falcons. Mm-hmm. They were on the field the most. They produced. They, in their own right, had terrible execution in the first half. They should not have been down 10-9, to 9, but they were. Um, yeah, like, they, it, it goes both sides. But obviously, given the injuries, given just the young team that the Packers are right now and the inexperience it certainly showed by the end of it and honestly it wasn't just Jordan Love or the wide receivers and stuff like that um we'll get into AJ Dillon's game because my god I think that kind of set a a tomb for his Packers career really because they started digging yes yes and uh yeah it was it's I don't know. <laughs> just a lot that 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 was left on the table, but also not surprised at the same time. I don't know. Like that's where it's like, whatever side you fall on it, 
ultimately, it doesn't change the result in a one-point loss that they were up by 12 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, they, the offense really stalled um, after that Jaden Reed touchdown um, early, either late in the third or early in the fourth, whatever it happened time-wise. But yeah, I guess, how who do you want to talk about first? Because I think, like, I think there's merit to talking both about A.J. Dillon first and the defense first. Like, I'm not paying this whole loss on A.J. Dillon. That's not where I want to go with this, but... Man, there there needs to be a conversation to be had, and I want to know where you want to start first. Um, let's go, Dylan, just because I mean, selfishly, he was my player of the game or player to watch going into this game. Right, feeling like they would be without Aaron Jones, or if he did play, he would be very limited. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Third, uh, let me look at his. Do you have his lineup? Right yeah, now? it's not great, Bob. <laughs> Fifteen carries for fifty-five yards, one catch for eight yards, and. I don't know if this man needs to like get some training from like a ballerina or just working on like some balance issues. But I I feel like now that it's become an issue with just this week, you see AJ Dillon fall over his own damn feet way too much. Like he took out Elton Jenkins. He took out Elton Jenkins, which I'm not really going to no hold against him. But like it was it was a play of of slipping on the turf. Right. Exactly. And it's it's just frustrating to watch a man that should be just barreling forward every every snap and be able to stay on his feet while he's doing that, trip over his own feet and fall and miss multiple times this game from getting the yardage needed to get a first down. In particular, that one where he hurt or Elton Jenkins, I should say hurt, where Elton Jenkins unfortunately got hurt because of his fall. Yeah. And then in the fourth quarter. Packers had multiple drives. Like the 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 multiple drives in the fourth quarter of straight three and outs was just a stab to the heart for this team. Like all of the momentum that they had built over the second and third quarters was completely completely out the window when those when the fourth quarter started after Jaden Reed's touchdown. It, it I I don't want to draw comparisons because the circumstances are so much different. But the, the 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 fourth quarter felt so incredibly similar to the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl when they're up twenty eight to three. They just didn't play to play an offense. They just played not to lose and subsequently lost. Like they, they called poor plays. They ran AJ Dillon three times in a row. They throw on like, I think it was the first three and out of this whole process had a missed throw down the field. I think it was second and 10. So then they run AJ. Yeah. To Wicks. They throw or they run AJ Dillon off the edge for like a two yard gain. And it's third and eight already. Like it was just very poor play calling from Matt LaFleur in the fourth quarter. And I get that you think that AJ Dillon is going to be able to, to be that back and get you those yards. He clearly isn't. And like, I would have liked to see after that first three and out, just go anywhere else with the ball, bring Emmanuel Wilson. in. I'm not saying Emmanuel Wilson is going to help you win this game, but at least he's a different look. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the Falcons knew what to do against AJ Dillon and the answer was just touch him when he falls down <laughs> like it was yeah very simple yeah. <laughs> that that's the irony is that you have a guy that's a we, again we feel like we're gonna beat this to death but to, because it just hasn't changed AJ Dillon's a bruising north-south runner he yep. gets into like if you're talking about short yardage um situations he should be able to break through the line of scrimmage get two or three yards. I mean, he technically does do that, but like in like the hard fought way, he doesn't do that. They were very obsessed with toss plays on the, on the run. Um, whether it was Dylan Taylor or Manny Wilson spot, you know, carries 
obviously very afraid of the injured uh, lineman that the Falcons had. But considering that Packers lost Elton Jenkins, they were without Bakhtiari. I thought the line played really well going that deep, deep into their depth. They had some shaky moments. Obviously, Rasheed Walker showed his, you know, uh, second year lack of experience on that first drive, but rebounded really well. They rotated with him and Yash Diamond, who again have shaky moments to start, but they they gave protection. They they try to give holes to AJ Dillon, the the Packers running mm-hmm. running backs. The holes were there too. The holes were there. Yeah, they they were there. They just didn't capitalize. Whether it was him slipping on the on the ground constantly, or just not you know, I, that's where it's really frustrating with AJ Dillon is that like. They're putting him in situations where he's not going to succeed, whether it's breaking outside for for runs that are just not his game. Like, he just can't move that well laterally. Yeah, you keep doing it constantly. And then when you're asking for a third and one or a third and three, he falls short of of getting a first down. And it's like, I that's where I, I certainly have my frustrations with the second half game plan, obviously the fourth quarter play calling because there were so few and it didn't work out. You're going to be mad about it. But I just think like at a certain point, it does fall on the players. Like it's shared blame all around, especially in the loss, a loss of this slight margin, but you can't, (laughs) I like, I don't know what, how we can't expect AJ Dillon to not do what we have expected him to do. And then not be like, Oh, it's Matt LaFleur. Yeah. I mean like that's, I feel like that's like the classic, like, Packers radio caller uh, yeah. play, but at a certain point, it just comes down to the players not executing. And AJ Dillon, like this is, I don't know how many opportunities you're going to have without Aaron Jones playing that you're going to get lead touches and stuff like that, and yet you put up games like this. And I know he's a better player as the season goes along historically, but it does not matter. It, it when it matters most in a game like this, he did not step up, and it's it it shows in the, in the final score. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think like the most frustrating thing is that he clearly, 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 clearly can be that bruiser running back. We saw it in the first half. He ran right through the hole, got four or five yards, and then continued to, yeah. to churn his legs and got like three more yards. Like he's he capable. Had, like, at least like one drive where it was where like, it looked okay, good. It's finally starting. Yeah, where it it's starting good. to come together. And yeah. it just it, 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 it just, just drives me back bonkers certifiably bonkers that he's is just incapable of consistently staying upright because he has the ability to truthfully push piles he's got that strength he just cannot for the life of him and i don't know why do it when it's most important because like this is not new at all It, it it was mainly a last year thing where this started cropping up like his his second his sophomore season was good and now it's just man what are we what are we doing here to where he you just can't I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if he's getting like two over his over his shoulders or i, over I don't skis. know over his skis pretty much like i i just don't know but it's 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 honestly baffling because like it, he just should be better he just should be and i just don't know why and it's Awfully, awfully frustrating. Yeah. And even like you said, like the toss plays, those weren't any good. Like they just the the toss plays just need. I I who who said it in the the chat was it Mater? Mater like consistently saying yeah. just throw away the toss play. I'm all aboard that. Just throw the toss play away. 
reserve it. Well, even reserve I, it only think, for like Aaron Jones. He's the only one allowed to get that ball in space because yeah. he's the only one that can make use of that space with his talent outside of like Jaden Reed. But for running Jaden Reed out of the backfield, running toss plays, I don't even want to know where the season's at right now. <laughs> the the thing too is that like there were some plays again. Probably this falls more on the Lafleur side of anything, where they're running weak side runs for AJ Dillon. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I understand he's a 6'1", 240-pound guy that, in theory, should eke out extra yards, you know, once he gets contact. It did not happen today, and yet they they kept – that's where the yin and yang of, of these things keep happening, where it's like, okay, are you putting him in, in a position to succeed to get at least positive yardage or, like, chunk plays? No, you're not. Is he doing, doing the things that – <laughs> to to capitalize on the plays where okay all we need, need is three yards we have the hole there all that stuff no so yeah like it, it that's where again just not heavy Aaron Jones when it mattered most when this offense was sputtering clearly when they have four three and outs in the fourth quarter they just didn't have that go to guy and I don't think it was it it doesn't always fall on Aaron Jones because. He's ultimately, I mean, he's the best player and he is the ultimate, like, kind of just, you know, um, saving grace for this team. But it it showed in other ways of, like, Romeo Dobbs, I know Love sailed that ball to him on, like, a second down in the final drive. But it was like, there were no looks over there. And going into this game, the Falcons secondary, like, I was really worried about it. They, they, they played really well by the end of it, but they also ha- gave up what th- two or three PIs that resulted in probably the biggest plays that the the Packers had all game. Yeah, and I um, I don't even want to like say that they played bad because two of those PIs were poor throws. Like one, um, at, we'll say one and a half because I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> don't need to yeah. argue. The point being is that if your biggest plays are coming on underthrown deep balls then maybe we should like work on the deep ball again he's a first year starting quarterback i can't expect him to have an aaron Rodgers type esque accuracy on deep balls year one he has like a he has like he has a good ball like he threw that um that fade to i think it was dontavion wicks in the corner that went off his hands on the non-pi call and like that was a great ball from 20 yards out like that was that was a good ball i just once he starts to get that deep ball on target more often and getting some air under it and be able to just being able to physically throw the ball farther, he'll be in a yeah. he'll be in a great spot to hit those guys in stride and have some big breakaway plays that aren't the results of of pass interference calls. But yeah, I think he played well. I I just think that Jordan Love being that the play calling got so stagnant and just bad in the fourth quarter. It was not inven- it, at the very least it was not inventive. Like it no your at point all. of they played they played just to get through the the burning the clock or like let's just get through this one play and it's like do you just have like that's where (laughs) i'm stumbling over my words right now but like it was just a a a shock after jada reed going in for a touchdown Mm -hmm. uh uh, his second touchdown of the day great game by him yep um and it was just like both the coaching staff and the players out there just forgot like how the last three quarters went. The Falcons marched down the field to make it a 24-19 game, and 
again, they by the end of that game, they got everything that they wanted. Arthur Smith was actually calling the right. It was the perfect balance of right play calling and right plays by or executions by the players themselves. And Ritter, by the end of it, I'll give him credit, looked like a competent quarterback. He did not look like that for the first two and a half quarters. I'd say was, almost three. Like almost three, yeah, for sure. For yeah, and I, he's he's throwing <laughs> balls right at Packer players, and it's like, what is going on? Like I I don't know what was going on there, but um, yeah, I just that fourth quarter of of just not be able to get a first down. Mm-hmm. That we're, that's all we're asking for. That's all we're a asking first for. First down. Yep. And to I, do it in very just meek ways was just. I said ugh. before the after it was twenty. Four to seventeen, or no, I'm I can't do the math now. Twenty-four nineteen. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, twenty-four nineteen. I was like, okay, need a long time-wasting drive here. Three and out. Go down, kick a field goal. Okay, all right. Yeah. Offense need a long time-wasting drive here. Three and out. Um, we haven't read chat at all. My our apologies. Chat's popping. Yeah. Um. Bunny uh Bunny Poker One says a, a great makes a great point that Dob or love missing Dobbs wide open on that second second to last yeah. drive, I believe, is a huge miss. Like yeah. th- those are the kind of looks that you have to live with as a first year starting quarterback where you're like, Oh man, I wish you would have seen that guy. But yeah. I think that's where I the the weight of the game might have been getting there a little too much, like because he had time, he just went to his read and threw it to the to the wrong guy essentially, and it's not yeah. and I get that if he that like I I get what he what he wanted to do I do, but if you waited one second and like pump fake that guy and then went to Dobbs it's a it's a touchdown no matter what because he broke yeah. so hard towards I I want to say it was it was Wicks that was going on the corner or whoever he was throwing it to over there. Um, but regardless of it all, he was still wide open and just missed him. Yeah, I mean, I think for love, we will take this game ten out of ten. Oh, well, and any hundred and fifty yards is tough work. He only completed fourteen passes. Given the context, given the context, sure. But like, okay, yeah, I'll go on, go off, King. Yeah, <laughs> the the. You're you're right. On the whole, his completion percentage has to get better. Just getting connections with the young wideouts, all that stuff. It, it happened in the first quarter when drives are sputtering out. The fourth quarter, it just didn't happen because of what happened. <laughs> what few plays that they had. Um, for me, what we saw in the third quarter, especially, is the guy has just seen how they're playing, and boom, boom, boom. Like he's, it's the ball is snapped to him and he's seeing how wide open that they are. And he's throwing these darts and everything about Jordan loved, you know, between quarters two and three was in complete command of the game. It was the total opposite on the other side of the, of the, the field on the other out of bounds with Desmond Ritter, where it's like, what is going on with him? Um, Jordan love was really just in his element and, it was super easy for him to just slice and dice that Falcon secondary. And when push came to shove, when the going got a little harder, um, it was tougher for him to kind of 
find those first reads or he was maybe glued on them a little too longer than he would have been in, you know, in a different situation. But because he had those reads in quarters one through three, perhaps that played into his psyche and stuff like that. That's the stuff that we don't know. And it's, it, it's millimeters or it's these brief milliseconds that like what was there before, you're not going to find out or you're not going to have later. And you don't know that until you have the experience. It's just the sequencing of these events of just how the Packers just blew everything mm-hmm. was incredibly tough to watch. And just, you know, we'll get it. Obviously the fourth down where he's trying to get a check down, but then kind of like trips over his feet. Like he was, it was a drunken stumble. Like, where he, was, where he false started, essentially? Yeah, essentially a false start. Like So, um, LaFleur said that, or I guess Love said it, and they both said it, um, that, so I got, sorry, let me back up. Matt Schneidman, which I guess I'm pronouncing wrong, according to people who tell me I pronounce things wrong, um, <laughs> reported that Jordan Love said he gave the, the wrong live word to check a QB sneak on the late fourth and one. That's why the ball wasn't snapped and it was his fault. Um... Matt LaFleur said, if I can find it, I just saw it. My apologies. But uh, Matt LaFleur said no one heard the the check on the fourth down, which is why the snap didn't arrive for Jordan Love's sneak. So clearly something was lost in translation on the road, in a dome, in a place very loud because they had just taken the lead, or was were about to take the lead, essentially. Zach Cruz on that tweet, by, by the way, just now. Um, I that That's part of being a young team. Like, it's just you need to find ways to win and young teams aren't going to do that yet. They're the second youngest team in the NFL and games like this are going to be where it shows. And, and that's fine. It as, as emotional and as upset and as annoyed as I am, I I need to pound the table and tell myself that this, this season is all gravy that we need to understand that this team will make mistakes and that, there's going to be some frustrating losses. You and I both yeah. talked um, on on this pod and in chats regardless that their schedule should dictate that they could win like 12 games, right? Because the opponents that they're facing aren't of the high caliber sort of world-beating teams that they would, would have faced had they been um, playing from a first place in the division standpoint, like the Vikings are this year. Vikings now 0-2 after losing to the who, Eagles. Eagles and who they lose to week one. Somebody, oh, the Buccaneers. Yeah. And so, like, we don't have to face the Eagles this year, but we have to face teams that probably have a little more cohesion, a little more chemistry than the Packers do, and that's just where these things come to fruition, right? And once this gets all ironed out, hopefully over the course of half a season, probably the full season, I think this team will be good anyways regardless um aaron says in chat aaron aaron jones equals game w yeah that's basically how it is um before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Should we talk about the defense, dog? Let's get into it. We're waiting. I know a lot of people are waiting. Bruh. Absolute bruh. 
sound noise. Like, just, it's, I mean, we said it earlier, Bijan Robinson, 19 carries, 124 yards. Tyler Algier, 16 carries, 48 yards. Desmond Ritter, 10 for 39. Absolutely gash on the ground. They mixed in Drake London, finally. Six catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Kyle Pitts was targeted five times. Two carries. Two, yeah, two <laughs> catches, 15 yards. Um, John o. Smith must know where the bodies are hidden. Four catches for 47 yards in that. Out targets Kyle Pitts by one. He gets six targets. Well, how John o. Smith is a relevant person in a NFL team in 2023 is beyond me. I thought he stunk. But then B.J. Robinson, four uh, receptions on four, for 48 yards on five targets as well. Like, you said it in the GSPN Discord. Spoiler alert. Or not spoiler alert. Plug. GSPN info. Join the Discord. It's a lot of fun in there sometimes when we're winning. <laughs> um, Bijan Robinson putting the absolute fear of God into me. Like, he, I, boy, howdy, am I glad that I, at least for now, I don't have to see that man for another three years. Like, <laughs> just one game. We're not in that conference. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank, thank the like, Lord. It looked like Barry Sanders out there. Like, that is what we're talking about uh, in terms of just ex- athletic explosiveness. That, I forget. I think it was in the third quarter where he absolutely just diced Darnell Savage and somebody else. Like you can't even fault Darnell Savage and Ekbari. Just cooked them, turned their knees into linguini. It was insane. <laughs> He's stupid. It's stupid. What a fun player to watch, but an absolutely maddening player to go against. There are so many times, Jordan. Do you understand how many times that we saw? Glasses are awful. Desmond Ritter hand the ball off to the wrong side. And Bijan go to the other side, whoever thought it was, Bijan's or Desmond's, and he would still get seven yards out of it. It's yeah. crazy. Bonkers. 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 Five, or sorry, 446 total yards of offense from the Falcons. <sighs> 5.7 yards per play. Six of 15 on third downs. Three of four on fourth downs. Um, again, you look at these stats. This game should not have been a 25 to 24 game. No, they were a complete no. control. Absolutely. They blew. They blew the red zone. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was <laughs> on that one drive, where it's a, it's essentially a goal to go drive, and it's they're on the two or one yard line, and <laughs> it was like someone took out like this like. Uh, I don't know. It was just like, okay, we're going to go with, let's go. You know, that thing that we're doing before and it was working really well. We're going to do the opposite of that. It was like anti-comedy of like, we're just not going for laughs or anything like that. And yet <laughs> the Packers stopped him and it didn't matter. Like the Falcons, like all game long, they were still getting down the field. They were still marching down the field. The first half was a lot of mixed, missed chances and execution. Um, but yeah, but when it mattered most, they're slicing and dicing the the Packers defense. And I want to shout out Quay Walker because I think he put in a uh like a Superman like performance because if not for him, this game would probably be a lot more one sided in fa- in in um in favor of the Falcons because mm-hmm. that guy was doing work from the moment that they had the ball. And Without him, and Darnell Savage kind of gets shot out because he made some big plays. Um, but yeah, it's just vintage Packers run defense. And I don't, I know the go to is going to be 
Joe Barry, what the hell are you doing? Blah, yada, 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 yada. And I don't, I'm not going to say this falls squarely on his shoulders. Nope. I, I don't know what you can do when you're not, when you're on the field for um, at least 36 and 36 minutes and 15 seconds. Yeah. And I would bet a lot of that, at least in the second half, was even more one-sided for the Falcons. Yep. Like, they just did not have any rest. Yeah, it, it was a really good game from Quay, and I'm I'm upset just generally at Joel Berry for the overall lack of being able to prepare the defense for the run game. Nothing has changed that way, as we saw this week. Like, don't get me wrong. Bijan and Tyler Algier are dynamic running backs. They are very good, and it's hard to stop them. But you know you had to stop them coming into this week. Like, that's just yes. all there is to it. Like, if Desmond Ritter beats us, hands up, that's just fine. Like That was, that was essentially that was, what the strategy was by the end of it. Right, exactly. And we talked about it in the Discord. He was making changes. At one point, he rolled out six defensive linemen to stop the run. We didn't see any more of it, but he was trying things to make to stop the run. That that play worked. They stopped the run on yes. that play. Yes. And so it's just I wish he would be more excuse me. More assertive in his changes. Keep with the six linemen. Keep stopping the run at all costs and make Desmond Ritter throw the football. Because it was working in the first half. He played like dog water in the first half. Yeah. And so like it's 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 just frustrating that the players were making the mistakes. Like, I don't want to say it. Like, again, Quay played awesome. Just a yes. really great game from Quay. I need him to catch that ball. I, I just, there, he couldn't have had. 17 total tackles by Quay. Jesus Walker. Christ. 14 for Campbell. That's, that's crazy. And it's just like, yeah. I, I understand he plays defense. And I my go-to, like, dadism when a, corner or any defensive player drops the ball it's like well that's why they're not playing wide receiver or running back or whatever <laughs> like when jair dropped that easy maybe pick six um in the first quarter on the fourth uh, down it's like yep that's why jared doesn't play receiver he plays corner because he can't catch i'm ready can we talk about him uh sure we can we can go for it what do you guys say london six catches 67 yards touchdown um any good play that drake london had guess who was on him jair Jair. That is what frustrated the hell out of me last year. And to see that it happened again. And it was not like, it was kind of like, it was a little bit of everything. Like the touchdown that London got, Jair kind of gave up on the play, but he also, he's a smaller cornerback. He just got bodied by a bigger wide receiver. Um, It was just like, it's the classic Jair stuff of like, whether it was be- because of scheme and it's stuff that w- is going to be figured out over the course of the week. And they're playing a lot of cushion, a lot of playing off of where the wideouts, which is super frustrating if you're a Packer fan, because again, that is the calling card of when they stumble on defense. Um, I just, it's, it's stuff like that where it's like, when you rely, it's your best players. They should put in their best performances. And when your best players don't play their best losses happen. Um, Jair being probably the biggest disappointment. Rasul, we gave him a cheese last week. Didn't play all that much better. Um, D line, like they did a lot of work, but it, again, it only resulted in one sack. 
Um, Desmond Ritter, like again, he is has his faults. He's not a complete product by any means, but he knew how to break down that Packers defense and split the split in the middle. If he if the pockets break you down, you'll get a first down. Right. Or if you if you have the the wheels and you get a, a good block on the edge, you can scamper for a couple yards and you know keep the play clock or keep the clock moving and all that stuff. I thought in that sense, like they the Packers. For brief moments in the second half, or I would say Packers defense all first half and then like middle of the third quarter, they were in complete control. They knew exactly how the Falcons were going to play. Mm-hmm. They knew that they had a sellout to stop B. John Robinson and you're going to take what you can. But by the end of it, everybody was getting what they wanted. It wasn't just B. John Robinson. Yeah, Desmond everybody. Drake, Drake London, Tyler Algier, I know he didn't play as much. He still was moving, getting, you know, little chunks here by, uh, uh, here by there. Um, yeah, I, I think that's again that's the recipe for the Packers' defensive woes is that it's not just one guy that kills you; it's everybody. It's everybody. That kills you. Yeah, and what will drive me to my my Joker origin story is routinely watching. <laughs> these cornerbacks, Jair and Razul and any secondary player routinely give five, six yards of cushion at, yes. at the line of scrimmage. It drives me, I'm, I'm going to say bonkers a thousand fucking times an episode. It drives <laughs> me bonkers. Like, I understand that these guys are fast. You don't need to press Kyle Pitts at the line because he's fast and will burn you if they throw yeah. it to him. But, like, Drake London is not a huge guy. Like, Jair should be in his grill at the line of scrimmage, bumping him at the line. Get him off his route. And I'm not saying it needs to be every play because then you just run pick plays and get him open on a slant. But man alive, he wasn't playing up at the line at all. At all. And yeah. like it there was a, a play I sent it to the Discord. Another plug. Go in and join it. We have a lot of fun. Yes. It was fourth and five. And the entire bottom side or the bottom side of the line of scrimmage, like the bottom of the screen was three receivers or two receivers and a running back, whichever. Three Falcons players ready to run a route. There was, it was fourth and four. There was not a Packers player between the line of scrimmage and the first down marker. You want to talk about getting an easy catch? Sprint 100% for four yards and run a curl. That's a first down every time. Like, I just don't get how... That's the play call there. And he didn't end up not throwing it to that side of the field. He threw it to the other side. I think he missed it. Um, but man alive, it's just bad process at, at that point. Like that is a Joel Berry fault, 1000%. Yes. But yeah, a Jair not being up in the grill of some guys. And I, Ty said it mid game or mid game two. Once uh, I think it was in the fourth quarter when he gave up that big, huge throw to Drake London. Yes. Need Jair to show any type of. Um, like not less than like attitude or just I guess playing up to the stuff he talks right. He does a lot of a lot of talking, and he got worked this week. Worked. Yeah. That's it's not just... what you want out of your All Pro corner. And again, he could do that against DJ Moore. D- DJ DJ Moore <laughs> um, when he's lined up with him last week. Jake London's not. He's a second year wideout. He's not like a he's a fine guy or a fine receiver. It's not like we're talking about uh, an all pro or anything like that. And it's, it's that stuff is going to drive the coach step crazy. It's going to drive Packers fans crazy, of course, 
it's just you have to play the same game regardless of the opponent, regardless if they're good or not, at all times. And you, it's, I don't know. That's where, again, we'll know more as diving into film and stuff like that of just how they're how they're set up. But when you see constantly the, the same kind of plays happen over and over again, it, it's a little bit of both the player and the scheme. And yeah. how they change that, I don't know. But yeah, that, that stuff is going to just infuriate anybody until changes consistently yeah um tommy corrects me drake london 6'4 220 so he's big but he's at, big. at the same time he shouldn't be getting free runs every time like it, it just shouldn't be it, it just shouldn't happen he, you can let him get the cushion every so often if you think it's like a third or a second just bury it up that that's the thing is that like we have seen jump joe barry showed adjustments during this game right and whether they're mixed results or not like it's just showing different looks. Yep. It's, it's playing different situations. The Falcons' defense clearly did the same, and it showed. Like by the end of the game, they were really locked down in terms of shutting, or hoping that AJ Dillon tripped over his feet and Pretty shutting much. down Jordan Love and whatever reads that he wanted to do. So yeah, like it is c- capable of of doing different looks. It's just like don't don't fall back on your laurels, literally, in terms of. Giving five to five yard to ten yard cushions and letting receivers get what they want. Uh, busy P with a great point. Secondary plays too casual at times. Yeah, they 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 seem like they take plays off between Razul and Jair. Like they just yeah. once it, like the like the touch like the Matt Collins not touchdown. Razul just stopped playing. Yes, he stopped. He just stopped he playing. Po- he put more effort in pointing out that he was out of bounds than actually covering him and possibly getting a pick on that because it was that lofted. ball was in the air. Yeah, yeah. lofted, and yeah. it's 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 frustrating. Um, I do want to give a, a shout out to I think the D line played relatively well today. They they played their their mistakes were poor in that there was a lot of open run time. Or like run running space for Dozen Ritter, like just mm-hmm. not being disciplined and holding a line and letting getting over, too over the edge there, overextending on on the edges. But they got pressure a lot today. They were in the backfield. Like they, I thought they played well. Devontae Wyatt had some good pressure. We saw Carl Bra, uh, yeah, Carl Brooks play well too. Like Lucas Van Ness, yeah. Hopefully he's okay. I'm guessing. Hopefully just a stinger or yeah, something. I don't, I don't remember but, seeing him that much after that. Right. I don't think he. I don't think he played to be honest. Um, regardless of it all, did they play their best game? No, but I think it could have been a lot worse. Like they, they had a good number of stops up the middle, um, at times, but I think one of the more frustrating things is either the backers or the linemen need to learn how to tackle like forward, like from their, well, from their point of view, right? Yeah, I I'm not sure if it was something I noticed today or if it's been something I think I've noticed for a long oh, time. Oh, this now. is a Packer staple. It's a Packer staple, right? It. Yeah. It's yeah. they they routinely tackle guys at the line of scrimmage forward for two yards. It, it it's like if you would actually like hit them and just stop them in their tracks, they'd have such a better run defense. But they don't. They routinely just push guys forward. How many times did plays come down to? Where the ball was spotted for the Falcons. Way yeah. too many. I probably would count it like seven or eight times today. Yep. Um, that, and it was Ritter, it was Bijan Robinson, it was Algier. Like, it was just constantly. Constantly. And 
I think I again, as much as the Packers blew this game, I think the Falcons. If I would term it, I would think they reclaimed the game because I'm going to just keep hitting this drum. This game, if you look at the raw stats, they should have been up way more. And credit to Arthur Smith for a lot of pre-snap motion. That is, it's you're seeing the coverages, you're seeing who's on who. Devondre Campbell lined up with Bijan Robinson out wide, and it was like, oh, this I know how this is going to happen. Run a slant and get in the middle of the field, and you get a first down. Like it, it was, it was very obvious how they cracked the code of the Packers defense, in part because they didn't switch up the looks. Um, but it, it by the end of it, they just looked like okay, we finally diagnosed everything that they're going to do. We know which, how they're going to play. And I just thought like, I don't know. I, I thought they just did a really good job of, of really spreading the Packers defense really thin, spreading them out wide, getting the guys. You have Rashawn Gary on that Desmond Ritter touchdown. It was a touchdown or fourth down. I can't remember. It was like he was set like <laughs> set in stone waiting for Desmond Ritter to throw it and just a beat too late. And Desmond Ritter got to the end zone. And it's like, that is classic. Like the Packers have pass rushers that can get home routinely. Mm-hmm. And they, they made pressures throughout the game. Not as much as last week, obviously, but when the Falcons were dialing up and they were getting everything that they wanted, the Packers kind of relied on, okay, let's just try to get home and let's hope that works. Yeah. And they lost the edge. They lost contain and all, everything like that. And the Falcons, or those middle of the field, outside, whatever, whoever it was, too, they just knew how to, to slice and dice. And yeah, that is that is Packers football right there. Very that is Packers football. Very frustrated. We didn't see any creative blitzing from Joel Berry. Like last week, we saw a couple corner blitzes. Con- like, like considering we saw one where Jair came off the edge and almost got home with Justin Fields, I feel like this would have been the perfect game for that. Desmond Ritter is Quay, not. Quay maybe had one blitz that he almost really got home on. Like he was, almost got him. Yep, that's but the only thing. I can a think a of. backer blitzing isn't creative to me. Like it's just it's not. It's a delayed. It's a delayed blitz from a backer. It happens pretty often. Bringing in yep. any corner off the off the edge is. A, a different look like we like we've been saying they just need to give different looks and there was none of that this game like i just wanted to see something like that where you're not at the risk of desmond ritter turning breaking the tackle and breaking off 40 yards he's just not like he'll yeah. he can run of course he can but he's not justin fields and there was none of that from joe barry this week and it's it, it's a total team loss i think is the best way to put this Jordan yes. Love had a couple bad reads. AJ Dillon, obviously, um, the receivers played fine. Like, of course, um, Luke Musgrave didn't play as big as the roles we would have hoped, having the Falcons' defense giving up the most um, like yards or something to the tight ends last year. Then same thing on the defensive defensive side, just everything across the board. The only person that had a really good game, and no mistakes, was Anders Carlson and the punting unit. Like. Dan- Daniel Owen. Daniel Whalen gave him a hell of a field position. Yeah. On that, that, uh, was that the love? The, it was, it was the first three and out. Yeah. Um, Carlson looked good. Like, yeah. Um, on yeah. in the first quarter, this, this could have been a 27 25 Packers win if everything shakes out the same. Um, 
the first quarter, like we talked about earlier, Rashid Walker, false start, and then a delay a game. Um, on fourth down, I'm trying to find a tweet from Matt LaFleur here. Uh, from Matt Schneeman, Matt LaFleur said the 56-yard field goal attempt on the opening drive after the delay of game would have been too long. But as Matt Schneeman reports, Anders Carlson, Anders Carlson hit a 57-yard, 57-yarder outdoors in the preseason. So I think that's just maybe a bit of covering his ass when it comes to a poor decision to punt early in the game. However, I, however, I, I, I will say, like I said in Discord. I don't disagree fully at that point in the game with not kicking that field goal because I think it would have had the same exact momentum swing in this game as the turnover on downs did for the Packers in the Bears game last week where they stopped the Packers offense pretty pretty uh pretty well that first drive it was only that that flea flicker dpi that was their big game and they didn't do anything else that drive and so stop them on the three and out subsequent three and out on that dpi and then penalty penalty miss field goal that place is going crazy not that it wasn't going to be going crazy anyways but that's a really big boost to the falcons team morale if that's how that shakes out and i get that the difference in the field position after the punt wasn't that much anyways. But I think at that point in the game where you don't know the ending of the game, I don't fully like disregard the, the, the decision to punt there. I think hindsight is clearly 2020 and that kicking the field goal there would have been great for the end of this game. But again, hindsight 2020. I, understand that I think it's perfect reasoning for that viewpoint. I just think you got a free play. You're essentially in field goal range. Two penalties back-to-back but bit you in the ass. And therefore, yeah, it's it's a it's a toss-up call. But ultimately, I'll probably lean more so on the, to trust my players, whether it's Jordan Love, skill guys, and then when it comes to special teams. I, I know they're uh, the t- the conversation of Anders Carlson and a rookie kick- kicker and all this stuff, you don't want to throw him in that spot too soon. But why the hell do you have him for any other reason? You, you know what I mean? Like, it, you, you tout how you tout how good his leg is. There's The, the other thing, too, is that there's not going to be any more ideal conditions outside of the crowd noise and the, the turnout that way. Like, they were... I'll give them the credit, too. Falcons fans are loud from the moment uh, the game started and it played a factor. Um, I just think you do it like in a situation like that. You're on the road. You're down three of your most important players on the team, much less obviously on offense. Um, just, just try to see points. And obviously you, the game changes moving forward. If he misses that field goal, it could be a totally different game from that point on. But yeah, it's the, it's very easy to play the result, but I think in essence, I don't think it's going to be something that Lafleur does later in the season because he'll probably have more on Carlson. His trust factor might grow, strengthen, or it might decrease. I don't know, but I, I I would hope that they're in a similar situation later in the season that he would trust Honors Carlson to uh, at least attempt that kick. I think if you really want to play devil's advocate. 
he passes on a 57 or 56 yard field goal in the first quarter. But when you're down one in the fourth quarter and you just need to get in the field goal range, like if they get to whatever yard line that is, we're going to be in a similar spot, right? Are you throwing a Hail Mary or are you throwing, are you putting out Anders Carlson in there? Like why does the point in the game change if that's a fair if you think the result of the play is going to be similar because if he throws a hail mary out in the last play of the game rather than kick the field goal with Anders carlson we're lighting him on fire right now like he's getting just absolutely flamed by everybody on packers twitter and in the media like that's a poor decision why does the point in the game matter if you think the result is going to be three points anyways like that's that's the devil's advocate devil's advocate argument to this is that if he's got the leg why not go for the points yeah and the only i mean the answer is the only person that affects and we will know the true answer is on ourselves I'm, I'm laughing at tommy in the chat right now it's just we were indoors screaming into the abyss yeah i'm i'm with you there tommy i'm i'm with you it's 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 tough um i'm trying to think is there anybody else poor that we want to talk about like not poor but like any other airing of grievances as it pertains to the game i have one more thing we need to talk about before we before we get into like the happy talk because there are happy things that come out of this game let's get into it okay what's your one thing the one thing is dave bakhtiari um post game now i lost oh here it is post game uh exchange between the packers reporters and dave bakhtiari question did Bakhtiari not play due to the turf Matt LaFleur no we all know that Dave has been dealing with this and so no follow-up question could this be a deal where he doesn't play any games on turf Matt LaFleur quote you guys I'm not going to get into that we all know this this is two years now I'm not going to get into it it's probably going to be like this from here on out the here on out part is the part that concerns me because if it's all like turf games we for sure have one against the lions we for yes. sure have one against uh the vikings going looking at looking at the rest of the season like just this season uh week five against the raiders they play indoors and that is it but they play at the vikings the second to la- on new year's giants. new year's eve giants don't play indoors they play on turf though all they do you're right my apologies i love um so four games two of those four games are in the last five weeks of the season mm-hmm. so <laughs> we play the lions lions week like 10 or so i can't count on the fly like this yeah week 10 or 11 i think it's 11 and then week 13 is the giants week 17 is the vikings if in theory they are in a playoff hunt while playing these teams and Bakhtiari is not playing, that is an issue. I said it in on Twitter beforehand, and I said it on the preview of this game's pod. I I get his his mindset. I, I truthfully get it. That it's hard to want to play and to get up to play on a turf field where you know you've gotten hurt and how you've re-aggravated injury before. After you just saw your best friend go down with, the, with an injury on turf, just like this. It's a point of emphasis for David Bakhtiari. 
It just it just is, for better or for worse. <sighs> it's really hard to be defensive of the guy when it gets to be four or five games of the season because of this, whether that is the reason or not. I would like to think it's not, but I, I think it was Peter Bukowski said it um, pregame that, and now I lost my train of thought, regardless that I don't know where I, I had, I had something to say and it's gone. My, <laughs> my apologies, but it, it just gets hard to pay the guy top money. If you can't rely on them for that. Oh, I remember what I was going to say he didn't play. He didn't practice all preseason and the Packers yeah. practice not practice at all. Right. Exactly. And so like, that's kind of what this looks like, right? Is that maybe he just doesn't like practicing or playing on turf and it's, it's hard. It's, really hard to be a fan and be objective in this scenario because you're paying him top tackle money to be out there and protect your first year quarterback's blindside. And I don't think Rashid Walker played that poorly today, but no, I think any time that you can have him out there, he's just gotta be out there. And so geez, Louise, it's, it's a really tough situation to, to navigate, especially if you're weaving in the fact that maybe he is just still hurt. And if he is, that's also an issue. Cause if say, say we take Matt LaFleur at face value that we've been, he's been dealing with this for now three years. Like, is it still nagging that bad to where it's a toss up week to week? Is, is that really the case? Or is it LaFleur probably doing the proper coaching thing and shielding his player from criticism for not playing on, on a field surface he doesn't like? I would lead towards the latter, but it's again, it's a push and pull. It, and it, that's what makes it frustrating of like, he's, it's, he's an older player. He has, a, he has a lot of miles. He has obviously the injury on him, but he's got the experience and he's got the, the sway. He's got the money to kind of like, this is what I want to do. Can we work out a way to to kind of make this happen? And we will never know those conversations. We'll never know what is actually wrong with him. And it's in the Packers' best interest to make sure that is the case. Ultimately, like I know it's in Bakhtiari's best best interest. It's also the Packers. They he's still their prize left tackle. They'll need him. Mm-hmm. But you know come later in the season and we're in a division battle or we're in a wild card battle. Right. It's games like today where not having like Bakhtiari, whether you pin all the things that happened today on not having David Bakhtiari, I, which God I, bless you. Yeah. Which I don't even think is even a reasonably thing to do. No, like it's if, not if, reasonable if you, at if all. If you do that, there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah. You're just mad at, mad at, mad at the sky. Yeah. Um, but again, we're talking about, a game, a day like today, this happens any every day in football. Every game, there's mi- these missed opportunities. It comes down to little plays, whether it's you know missed opportunities, not going for field goals, or <laughs> dropping interceptions right in your hands. Whatever, it comes down to even players being available when they are healthy, or they're are they healthy? Right. We don't know. We don't know what's going on with Bakhtiari and. When he's out there, the Packers are a better team, and when he's not, it shows in some different ways of inexperience of the guys that are backing him up. Right. I don't know. Ex- and it's not going to change until he's off the team. 
No, absolutely not. And that's a interesting conversation to have this offseason. I don't want to get into that idea week two. So, <laughs> all right. Happy stuff? Yes. Jaden Reed. Baller. Matt Baller. He looks to be, and I hate to draw comparisons to a, to a bygone era, but I think Jordan Love to Jaden Reed is the new uh, Rodgers to, to Cobb. Like, just connection. Yeah. It just is. He's so dynamic and so fast that I think he's going to have a heavy role in this offense in years going forward. Um, Obviously this year for sure. But I think once he's more refined and gets out of his rookie year and just starts being able to be a, a, pro, a pro's pro, he'll be pretty good. He's going to be pretty darn good. Uh, sorry, we have breaking news from Ian Rappaport. Oh, the NFL I Network. hate this. It's about Jenkins, isn't it? Alan Jenkins, who left the game and did not return, is believed to have suffered an MCL sprain. So I said he'll have an MRI to determine the severity. So it is an MCL sprain as of now that could easily change to something more severe or it could still be the same. Not great. No, not great at all. Not great at all. It's kind of what you thought would happen when, when, uh, you saw him go down and not come back out after halftime yes. for a guard that had already had a knee injury like that. Luckily, hopefully Do you remember, is that was his I, knee injury I that go ahead. Sorry. Did he tear his ACL on his left knee or his right knee? I don't know which knee it was. Um, you can, yeah, if you can find it, that'd be great. But at least for now, knock on every piece of wood you have that it's a strain and not a or a sprain rather, not a tear. If it's a severe sprain, it is for sure two months. If it's a minor sprain, it could be a month. I'm not a doctor. I just know that lesser the sprains are just tears that aren't uh that aren't uh named as such so yeah hopefully it's minor and that he's back out soon but this is gonna cause a shakeup of the line for sure like i don't know i'm guessing they'll keep tom at right tackle and they'll throw runyon in there at left guard but It'll be interesting to see. Like, do you throw Bakhtiari and Tom on the left side to make sure that your young quarterback's blind side is covered up almost always, or yeah. what do you do there? As there'll, there'll be some, there'll be some uh, navigating for sure. Yeah, and uh, for what it's worth, Royce Newman, Royce Newman looked to have played a not not looked to have played a good game. Yeah, I thought um, he played. He played fine. I thought the apocalypse was coming when he came in for Elton Jenkins and. Love had still had a lot of time in the pocket. Um, the run game, well, that was a different story. Right. But the biggest thing that Royce and showed this preseason is that he's just not a good pass blocker as time has gone on, and he he did very very well. But this is why you have as as deep of a <laughs> an offensive line as you do on your roster. They signed Michael Jordan last week. We might see him elevated to the active roster too. Like you know. Number 23 and all. I was going to say oldest player to play in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's that's unfortunate. Yeah. All right. Back to happy before I get sad again. Jaden Reed played very well today. Played very, very well today. Had that rushing touchdown as well as the um, passing touchdown. Um, I'm trying to find his box score. Please excuse me. Um, for 
four catches, 37 yards, and two touchdowns on eight targets. So I think he's still a rookie in that there's some times where he and Love and he and Musgrave even weren't on the same page, not getting their head around in time on some balls. Um, but frankly, I, I like Jaden Reed's play. And if he can continue to be a third option when Watson and Dobbs are healthy versus the second or first option at times, he'll be a yeah. great complimentary piece this year. A great piece this year. Yeah, that's that's the thing is that he scores his first touchdown on like a jet sweep. The second one, uh, um, what was the second one now? It was a... Is that the kick? Pile? He kicked the pylon, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just I like his skill set. It's it's one that they, in particular, Lafleur has always prized of guys that can get make plays, whether it's in the slot or you know coming off the off the emotion, just getting him the ball in different ways that can really kind of bend the defense and and uh, make things unpredictable. Um, yeah, I. I like to see Packers wide receiver score. Um, it always tends to lead to good things. So, uh, yeah, great game from him. And good to see him play up to the best of his abilities, especially after last week where it looked like he – I know it was cramps, but it did not look like cramps in the moment. So, right. Yeah, good to see him bounce or step up when, you know, Dobbs didn't play entirely today. And obviously they were without Christian Watson. Right, exactly. Um, Dontavian Wicks. We we talked about him a whole lot. I don't say a whole lot enough during the off season when he got drafted, and I remember sitting in this very chair in front of this very camera on this very pod, saying I was really really excited for him um, to become a great receiver. He was making plays in college like Romeo Dobbs, just super athletic, going up and finding the ball in the air. Nothing that nothing today was like that. But he showed his playmaking ability on his touchdown where he catches it, puts his foot in the ground, and then jukes the other defender out of his shoes, runs in for the touchdown. Like, I think he's just a natural athlete and under has a feel for the game that is pretty cool for a rookie to have um, in his just a second game. Gets his first touchdown today as well. Yeah, that touchdown where he just completely broke open the tackle and got home for a, for six, like... Special stuff. And uh, again, everything will be set in the right order when they have Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs is playing the majority of, the sna- of all uh, the offenses, offenses snaps. Um, but it's guys like Jaden Reed, D- Dontavian Wicks, who missed a lot of the preseason and is still working his way to get up into, you know, perfecting this offense. Mm-hmm. Just seeing raw plays like that, like it, that's, very tantalizing. Yeah. Um, and it, on the flip side, it shows when things don't connect or things don't work that, you know, it's again, that push and pull of you're going to have games like that, where you could rely on the good things and celebrate when they happen. And you can also lament the, the missed opportunities of, you know, being a hair short of, of, of a ball that Jordan loves just sails a little bit or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's a great way to put it. Quay. Quay played outstanding. Like, yeah. he's going to be... He's, he's he- making his second year jump right before our eyes. Like, just everywhere. Making good plays. Making great tackles. 
Um, there was one play where if Kuwait doesn't make the tackle, Bijan runs for like a 60-yard touchdown. Yes. Like, he just has a great feel for the ball. Him and Devontae Wyatt, both men, are so far making their second-year jumps early, and it's really good to see. Really good to yeah. see. Yeah. I Yeah, Quay Walker might be the MVP to this defense. Devontae Campbell had a good game, obviously, in the box. Oh, he, you know, what? Keep, keep going. I'll be done in a second. Um, but having a guy like Quay who can do so many different things, whether it's blitz, whether he can cover, whether it's just making game like game saving tackles like that, um, yeah, like that. He very well is the the one to two, or it's a one two mix with him and Campbell. But I don't know. By the end of by the end of the season, we might be looking at both of them in a different light in terms of just who's kind of at a better peak or uh you know better class of player at this point yeah hopefully hopefully um i have to yell into the abyss for a second if i see devondre campbell on Bijan robinson on the edge again joe barry should be fired that's all there is to it you put devondre campbell mm-hmm. a good linebacker in his right on one of the most dynamic football players of this class, of this the last three, four classes, on a fourth down, I can't find the play exactly, but on a fourth down, critical, critical play in the game. And Jonathan Vilma called it out right on right on uh, the broadcast. Watch down here. Devondre Campbell, Bijan Robinson lined up, and that's right where they go for an easy first down. Like, that is just the worst, worst play defensive play calling that you could possibly have just just not good so good for devondra campbell he had a good game <laughs> good for joe barry but God it, was, it was third it was third and three on the the packers 42 yard line yep not fourth um, on my apologies but yeah third and three where they needed to stop make a punt needed to stop yeah make and a, it, you're getting in, encroaching into field goal range it ended up being a 10-yard game for Bijan robinson <sighs> yeah just yeah it was it was one of those plays like how else did you expect this? How did you expect it to go? <laughs> Everybody in the world saw that coming. It yeah. just you have to call the right defense and he didn't. Yeah. So alrighty. Anything else you want to talk about, Jordan? No. No, I think there I, there's a lot to <laughs> He said no. <laughs> no, I think we unpacked a lot. And next week uh it's going to be good to see the Packers play a home game. Yeah, they need a home game. After that, they, they need a home game. So, yeah. everybody take a breath. Let it all out. Thanks for coming to the therapy session. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. It, it was a tough loss for sure. But I think there'll be, unfortunately, some more of these. But there will, yeah. there, there will also be sunshine on the horizon when they learn to win these games. That's yep. the, that's the hope. That's that is where we are at. They are trying to learn to win. We could say it's us, same old Packers, blah 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 blah. Yep. Not on the players with this roster. They they don't know what how to win necessarily. And what's frustrating is that they had it in hand at least going in the fourth quarter. And yes, they blew it. They blew it big time. They blew it in their face. It was like <laughs> just yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is part of this is what happens when you have to learn how to win. Right. Exactly. So. All right, folks, that does it for this pod. 
little plug-in action before we head out of here. Be sure to check out all of the Eurostep Podcast Network uh, shows at gspn.info. You can find everything's everything Bucks, Packers, Brewers there as well. Go check out uh, Eurostep with Ty and Rohan. I do believe they have a new episode out. Oh, they don't. I apologize. Just the same one from uh, the interview with Ty Ty Washington Jr. Um, go check that out. It was very, very good. Um, Cruising for a Bruising will have a pod up tomorrow as they look to... Did they win today, Jordan? They did not. They lost. Sad. They took two out of three against the Nationals. Yep. Council still at 699 career wins um, after taking two or three like Jordan said from the Nationals. So Cruising for a Bruising. Check out Adam and Andrew there. And then check out Adam and Andrew as well on Make Time for This, our little junk drawer pod, pop culture pod. Um, same thing as the last episode, the sizzling of fire. Or not, that's an adjective and a noun. Christian Petzold and Paul Beer return with sizzling of fire is the uh, title of the pod. So go check all of those out. They are obviously good because we wouldn't serve up anything less, would we? No. So, all right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the pod. We'll be back uh, in your podcast feeds on Friday for the Saints preview. Um, until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Known at Jordan Trasky, at PackersGSPN. And that's it from us. So, Jordan, thank you. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.